You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. We got a big show today. You got Ross Jackson from the Saints Wire, the USA Today Network, joining us. You've got Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, joining us as well to talk Cajuns baseball before their game with McNeese tomorrow night. Matt Miguez here. Once again, apologies for the, the technical difficulties. James Mesh, the producer extraordinaire, joins me. James, good afternoon, bud. Afternoon, Matt. How you doing? A little bit of a... Uh, little bit of a headache right there yeah just a little so off the top you know if you if you go to the game twitter page at game louisiana you can vote on our daily poll question do you want the saints to trade for deshaun watson and if you do what would your trade offer be so far 84 votes are in 67.9 percent of you say yes 32.1% of you say no, and we have a couple of trade offers, three first, a third, and Cesar Ruiz. On the surface, that seems like it could be enough, but really you're going to need more than that, especially if teams like the Falcons and the Browns who in my opinion have no real interest in Deshaun Watson. I feel like Deshaun Watson and his camp are adding these teams to the list as a as a marketing ploy. So to raise the price tag of course and so you're going to have to go a little bit better than that. Three first Davenport, Pete and either Zach Bond or Pete Warner. I think that's way too much. That's that's suicide for for New Orleans. Um, I I just I'm thinking along the lines three first, maybe a second or a third. Eric McCoy. I don't know. I, I initially thought Davenport, but if you're going to restructure Davenport's contract, I don't know why you why you're going to trade him. As always here on Crunch Time, the game hotline is open, 706-0111. If you want to chime in on our poll question or any other of our topics that we have today. Another comment that we got on the Twitter page from Steve Flint. Why? The only thing Watson ever won was a get-out-of-jail-free card. Well... That that's touchy. Um, you know, say what you say what you want about the scenario. The the Saints clearly show interest in him, and re- they they clearly don't seem too concerned with with the backlash that that comes along with it. Uh, also, in this episode today, James and I are going to put together a March Madness 
bracket. James is real excited about that. But before we do, let's go to the game hotline. And Ron joins us. Ron, good afternoon. How you doing, man? Thanks for taking the call. And there's more to get your opinion on it. What we, um, to get Watson, would we have to give up too much versus trying to get Winston to come back? Uh, as far as the business side of it, I'm not, I'm kind of foggy on that, how all this go. But uh, just, just your opinion, uh, either or, is it worth it? So, yeah, that's a great question, actually. You know, Jameis Winston, the the positives that he has is he's been in the system already. He knows Pete Carmichael's offense. And it's going to be a cheaper price tag for the Saints. That's what I would think, yeah. However, Deshaun Watson is a 26-year-old who has proven to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah. So if you trade for him, he's your guy for 10-plus years. I get it. I get it. it makes sense. I uh, just uh, wanted your opinion on it, and uh, I, I understand you. You would have more of um, a future, I guess. What you're saying, or yeah, I mean, you, you're set up more long term with Deshaun Watson than you are a Jameis Winston. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, my my concern is that you know we have a defense that I'm assuming we're gonna keep another maybe a year if we're lucky, and maybe just going with the get it now and. Give a lot of pieces away and uh, and 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 worry about the future. I know that's not the best business approach, but um, it'd be nice to win right now too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, absolutely. Yeah, Th- that's okay. Yeah. Appreciate you calling, man. Thanks a lot, man. And so, you know that, that's that's a good point. Jameis Winston, like like we said, a much cheaper price tag, but. It comes down to do the Saints find the longevity of Deshaun Watson worth the backlash that they're going to receive? Let's go back to the phone line. Ralph joins us. What's up, Ralph? Hey, Matt. Uh, welcome to the uh, to the game. Uh, M&M crunch time, man. You're making me hungry now. Um, but, but look, uh, as far as Deshaun Watson, <clears throat> what I'm afraid it, it ends up being addition by subtraction. And, and, you know, franchise quarterbacks come along very seldom, and teams have spent numerous picks over the years trying to find one. Uh, so by that token, I'd say, yeah, go for it. If you had a plethora of draft picks like some teams have. But to start giving up players, no, I'm not. I'm not down with that at all, especially, uh, uh, to, in my opinion, a Pro Bowl caliber center in Eric McCoy. Cesar Ruiz, yeah, I mean, he, he can go. But um, but you really, you know, you, you're going to have to replace Teron Armstead in, in, a, in all likelihood. Uh, now you've got a hole at safety. Um, I, just, I just, you know, look, it, it's a pipe dream. I'd like to see it happen. But the capital, I think, is a little too rich for our blood. And, and I, I think the best option right now, it's just to try to work out something with Jameis. Yeah, I, I I understand that input, but the three first round picks, I don't want to say they mean nothing, but over the last you know five years or so, the Saints haven't really had a great track record of first round draft picks. It has not worked out well for them. Secondly, and I agree with. Oh, sorry, go ahead. If you trade McCoy. 
which which I agree with you. It would be it would be a major subtraction to to lose a guy like McCoy. However, you move Cesar Ruiz back into his natural position of center. I feel like he performs better at center. And then there was a report that came out within the last hour that Teron Armstead is waiting to make his decision based on what the Saints do with Deshaun Watson. So if you bring in Deshaun Watson, maybe Armstead returns. And, I mean, how how bad do you really look after that? Well, and look, that, that that's ideal. Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to still disagree with you because when McCoy was out with an injury and Ruiz moved to center – and everybody said, "Oh, that's his natural position." He still, he was horrible at center. Still, he he nearly got. I mean, he 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 just he's just not he's not physical enough for the NFL. I, I have no idea what they saw to, to spend a number one pick on on this guy. Um, but that's interesting. I, but again, what now you're talking about Deshaun Watson, who's going to obviously have a huge contract. Uh, how can you pay Armstead? I mean, I, I, I hope they can. Mickey Loomis can work his salary cap magic. But, but again, you still. And if you're Watson, are you looking at the Saints receiving core right now? And unless they had a couple of other pieces, you you know, you might have Camaro suspended for. Who knows? You know, it could be a four game, six game. Could with Goodell, you don't know. Um, and, and that's one of your major weapons, uh, Mike Thomas. We haven't seen him for a year and a half. We, we don't really know if he's coming back healthy or not. And uh, so, I, I, you know, man, I'm, I'm just worried about giving up the form right now. If, if that was the only piece we were missing was quarterback, I'd say you go for it because God knows you are right. We have wasted some number one draft picks and, and traded up and, and moved up to draft players that really haven't panned out. And uh, but again, I think we need a little bit more than we're what it looks like right now on the surface. But that's just me. I mean, if it happens, I'd be very excited. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Appreciate the call. Thanks so much, man. It it it's it's a tricky it's a tricky situation. It's a double edged sword. Um, what do you where do you where do you go? It comes down to the Saints front office deciding what's what's truly worth it. Right. So it it'll be intriguing. Deshaun Watson's probably gonna make his decision in the next twenty four hours. Uh so that will dominate the show tomorrow more than likely. But again, the three first round picks I'm not worried about. It comes down to personnel. What are you gonna give up? The safety spot with Marcus Williams is probably gonna get filled by Tyron Matthew. I'll tell you that right now. Tyron Matthew will probably be in black and gold this this coming season. We're going to take timeout number one right here. When we come back, Ross Jackson will join us at the 430 segment. But when we come back, we're going to talk some LSU baseball. They've got a big matchup with Tulane in Uptown New Orleans tonight. Don't go anywhere. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Yeah! Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Make sure to tune in all week as RP3 and Company and Footnotes will be broadcasting live from La Triumph Golf and Country Club from the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open. Our live and local coverage is presented by Tips Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, Cigar Merchant, and the Golf Connection USA. And it can be heard right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Thank you, James Mesh. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Matt Miguez here. Chittimacha, Louisiana Open from La Triomphe. The Pro-Am is tomorrow. Tournament is Thursday through Sunday. Like James just said, RP3 and company, as well as footnotes, will be live starting tomorrow. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh will be as well. So, we're going to be down at La Triomphe. Got a lot of golf to talk about. Got a lot of baseball and softball and NFL free agency news to talk about as well. While we're on the golf subject, though, the Raging Cajuns hosted the Louisiana Classic yesterday and today at Oakbourne Country Club here in Lafayette. And Texas A&M was the victor of the tournament. Texas A&M actually set a 54-hole Louisiana Classic record, shooting a team total 47 under par. LSU coming in second at 35 under Louisiana Tech at 7th with 1 under. And then the Cajuns finishing 14th at 13 over as a team for the tournament. Louisiana Classics is always a great tournament. Again, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, and Arkansas Little Rock all ranked in the national top 50. So, again, a great tournament at Oakbourne. Congratulations to to all teams that participated in that tournament. Before the break, we talked about LSU baseball. They've got a pretty big weeknight game tonight in Uptown New Orleans as they will take on the Green Wave of Tulane. The Tigers 13-3 on the year, Tulane 10-6. LSU has done exceptionally well with bats, but... They have kind of struggled on the pitching end, just like a lot of teams in America seem to to be doing. I mean, looking at some of the numbers, Dylan Cruz batting 406 on the year, two doubles, three triples, four homers, 19 RBIs. K. Doty, a 393. Jacob Berry, the Arizona transfer that came in with Jay Johnson, 382, with already eight home runs on the season. At, he might hit 20 this year. That is insane. Josh Stevenson, the Lafayette product, a 333 batting average in 10 appearances. This past weekend, sweeping Bethune-Cookman. Blake Money started the game on Friday, and he had pitched four perfect innings before leaving with, you know, we, we spoke with Wilson Alexander yesterday, and he said on television it looked a lot worse than it actually is, and I can agree with him on that. It definitely appeared more severe, especially by Blake's reaction. Uh, after the game on Friday, Coach Johnson gave an injury update on Blake Money, and here's what he had to say. You know, I haven't even talked to him today. I know that sounds crazy, but he was not here at the beginning. He was doing some treatment stuff. Um, yeah, by the time we're into the game, 
that was it. I saw him, you know, in the dugout, but I have not talked to him. Sorry. You mean Blake? Yeah, Blake okay. Money. Yeah, sorry. It was later reported, you know, it's just it's just a standard day to day wrist injury, uh, so nothing to worry about. He has not been ruled out from this Friday series with Texas A and M to open up SEC play. So that's a positive. Obviously, we talked yesterday also about Ty Floyd kind of signifying his spot as the Saturday starter for the weekend rotation. A guy that's kind of been a disappointment for LSU fans so far this year has been Devin Fontenot. 3.24 ERA, 8 and a third innings pitched. He's given up 7 hits, 3 runs, only 9 strikeouts in those 8 innings. Trent, Trent Vitmeyer has been a guy that they have relied on, especially late in games. Uh, he's been impressive. Samuel Dutton as well. This is an LSU baseball team that is looking to make a lot of noise as they get through the SEC and into the postseason. This is a team primed to go to Omaha in, in Jay Johnson's first season. And also, which is, what, what's interesting is without Cade Beloso, Cade Beloso could possibly be out for the rest of the year. So that's a storyline to follow for sure. Looking at Tulane's season, like I said, 10-6 and six on the year. They opened with a series sweep of UMass Lowell. Got an in-state win over Nichols. Won two out of three over Louisiana Tech. And then this past weekend, or actually, I'm sorry, weekend before, they hosted Mississippi State in New Orleans and took two out of three in that series as well. On the season, Ethan Groff has been there, been one of their top hitters, 411 at the plate with 23 hits, nine doubles, three homers, 15 RBIs. Going back to LSU, though, Jay Johnson talked after one of the Bethune Cookman games about what's worked well for them this season and what they can rely on going down the stretch. James, we have that soundbite of, of what worked well for James, for Coach Johnson? Well, I think that we had the count in our favor all, all day. It didn't feel like there were many three-ball counts. I know we walked two guys, but that was about it. And I felt like they did a really good job in terms of – it would seem like it was one-two to every guy. And commanding their fastball, uh, both sides of the plate, you know, up and down. Grant Siegel has been a great pitcher for the Green Wave as well, a .56 ERA in only one start, 16 innings pitched, 11 hits, one earned run, two walks, 17 strikeouts. Zach DeVito as well, five appearances. He has two wins on the year, six innings pitched, four hits, 10 Ks. This is going to be an in-state matchup that really is going to show LSU fans it's going to be another benchmark to see what LSU is capable of going down the stretch. Because after this, they're going to get into SEC play, and it's not going to get any easier for for the Tigers from that point. You got A&M. Ole Miss is the number one team in baseball. Arkansas is still in the top ten. 
you got Louisiana Tech on the weeknight, Auburn, Mississippi State. You got UL in a weeknight. The SEC as a baseball conference is one of the highest regarded conferences in college baseball. So this is this game with Tulane is going to be again an in-state test to see what they're capable of going into this strict schedule. Again, 6:30 first pitch tonight for the Tigers from Turchin Stadium. Pre-game at 6, you will hear it here on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A Saints story that I did not mention, and I will wrap this segment up with this before we go to break and bring on Ross Jackson in the next segment. The Saints have hired three new coaches to their coaching staff. Bob Bicknell as a senior offensive assistant. Bignell has 28 years of coaching experience, including 13 in the NFL, most recently as the wide receivers coach of the Bengals. Matt Clapp has been hired as a strength coach. He spent two seasons playing in the NFL and has been a strength and conditioning coach in the college ranks for the past eight seasons, most recently the assistant strength and conditioning coach at the University of Alabama. And then Sterling Moore is going to be a defensive assistant. Last season he was on the Saints staff as an intern, and he will be promoted to a full member of the Saints staff. He spent seven years in the NFL playing for the Saints, Bucks, Cowboys, and Patriots. We're going to take a timeout right here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. When we come back, Ross Jackson of the USA Today Network will join us to talk to Sean Watson, Saints cap moves, and could Tyron Matthew be coming back to the 504? This is the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by Jane Jack Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two whole sacks of live crawfish, a pot and a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. So sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish bowl. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Welcome back to Crutch Time with me, Gaz, and Mesh here on The Game. We talked a little bit of Saints in the first segment. We spent some time just now talking LSU baseball with their big game against Tulane. And now it's time to go back to the black and gold. Joining us for this segment is Mr. Ross Jackson, the host of Locked On Saints. And the Saints Wire contributor for the USA Today Network, Ross. First of all, man, good afternoon. And secondly, how's your mom and them? 
<laughs> hey man, glad to be here with you. Mom and I was doing all right, hoping the same for you, man. Same thing for the family. I appreciate you having me on, but glad to be here with you. Absolutely, man. You know, obviously the the big story is the Deshaun Watson or the potential of Deshaun Watson coming to New Orleans. But mm-hmm. I, I want to open up with the Marcus Williams news. Marcus Williams signing with or appears to be signing with Baltimore on a five-year, $70 million deal. My question is this. Could the Saints have matched that? And then secondly, who do you see as a viable replacement? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think this is the biggest thing in the New Orleans Saints sort of, you know, free agency period thus far that's actually taking place, right? This, this uh, you know, process that begins today that looks like he'll, they'll be losing Marcus Williams. That deal with the Baltimore Ravens will become official tomorrow afternoon around 4 p.m. Eastern time when the new league year begins. And it's a big loss for the New Orleans Saints. Could they have offered him a contract that would have amounted to $14 million per year in terms of total lifetime of the contract? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they could have done something that would have backloaded, and perhaps they did. We don't know. Well, you know, any type of offer that may or may not have been on the table for Marcus Williams already or what some of those conversations were. But there's a chance that based upon what we believe the New Orleans Saints offered to Marcus Williams last year, which was seen at the time to be one of the top safety contracts, it makes sense that the contract they offered to him when they were trying to work him off of that franchise tag was probably around or at least in this ballpark. And if that's the case, that's only one part of the equation, right? The other part of the equation is does the team – give Marcus Williams what it is that he feels is the best chance to win or a better chance to win than the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, there are some ifs and might be's when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, but there are certain things that are in place as it all stands today with the Baltimore Ravens that maybe it was just a more appealing landscape for Marcus Williams beyond just the contract. And then in terms of, you know, viable options, um, P.J. Williams is certainly one. He's also a pending free agent for the New Orleans Saints. They'd have to get him back in the facility as well. But he's somebody that's been working behind Marcus Williams and that has sort of revitalized his career twice now, once as a slot corner and again as a safety. So I think that he would definitely be somebody that the Saints are familiar with, they have a relationship with, and would certainly look to uh, bring back. And another option would be the safety that the Saints have already been connected to in free agency, which is former Kansas City Chief former Houston Texan, former Arizona Cardinal, uh, in Tyron Matthew, of course, more importantly than any of that probably is former LSU Tiger, the opportunity to bring him back to New Orleans and bring him back to Louisiana. And so I think that he would be somebody that's not a one-for-one replacement for Marcus Williams as a deep, single-high roaming safety, but Dennis Allen's defense has always been multiple in the past. They've played a lot of split safety looks, and I don't think that they would be afraid to shift to that style of defense if that's the route that they went. Yeah, Tyron Matthew is is definitely one that, that a lot of Saints fans have been talking about that's one that I'd be interested in uh, to, to bring him back to New Orleans. Today, you restructure the contract of Marcus Davenport. Clears up about $7 million in cap space, which puts the Saints under the salary cap line. Now, in order to be aggressive in free agency, they're going to have to make a little more room than you know just a couple million here and there. Mm-hmm. Can the, is there a way that the Saints can make more room? How, where, what contracts can they look at to make more room? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Demario Davis is an easy contract to look at and potentially restructure there. That's a player you already know that you have a relationship with and that you expect to be a part of the future of your franchise for 
as long as he continues to be a New Orleans Saint. So I don't think restructuring things till later on in the life of his contract would be an issue there. That would save, uh, you know, about a handful, maybe three to five million dollars, depending upon how they decide to restructure it. They could also restructure Taysom Hill's deal still. Um, you know, the, the tight end version of his deal, the lower end version of his deal. Of course, he has that hybrid contract that has a lot of incentives and escalators, but those incentives and escalators don't mean anything until they are reached in the passing game. And so right now you're looking at sort of that more $10 million per year contract, which can be restructured. That could open up as much as seven to $8 million, depending upon how they restructure that. So you look at both of those moves, plus the decision that is still to be made when it comes to Bradley Roby. If he's cut, that's another $9.5 million, or you can extend him. You can't really, you can restructure his contract, but you might as well try to extend him and keep him in New Orleans a little while longer, give him a multi-year deal, and then again, backload that a little bit so that that allows them to create some salary cap in the short term. So those three moves combined at max probably open up another, let's say, 20, 23, $24 million if you cut Bradley Roby. If you restructure him, then imagine that to be a little bit more in terms of maximum. It can also come in under that depending upon the restructure format. But that's a way that the New Orleans Saints could potentially go is with those three contracts. And there are probably these other, and there are certainly these other smaller moves that they can make along the way as well. Chatting with Ross Jackson from the Locked On Saints Network. All right, let's, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. So he met with both the Saints and the Panthers last night, and according to reports, both meetings went very well. And then today, the Browns and the Falcons kind of come into play. Now, from my vantage point, I feel like the Browns and the Falcons are just kind of exploring the trade Mm -hmm. possibility. But also, I think Deshaun Watson's team might have used that move for leverage. Now, my question is this. What is the most likely trade package that the Saints could put together for Deshaun Watson? I would imagine if they were going to make this move, which of course would be a very complicated move and one that would you know, draw a lot of criticism from some parts of fan bases and media and praise from others, I think that this would be a situation in which maybe the three first-round picks seems pretty likely. Uh, there was, you know, part of the asking price, there was originally a couple of second round picks and some potential additional draft compensation. I'd be surprised if that was more than a second round pick, maybe even one third round pick, and then some player or starter that's on a cheaper end deal. So I think that that's probably the one. I think that the asking price is going to be big, and we always know that the asking price is bigger than what is usually paid for, but having 22 open civil cases in in uh, you know the alleged sexual misconduct that's still going to create some leverage for the teams that are making an offer here and everything as well because you don't know if you're getting a full 17 games out of Deshaun Watson if you trade for him there's the potential of outside of the court of the law the court of the NFL which could lead to a suspension uh, of of you know varying lengths depending upon where the NFL goes with its code of conduct policy there so I imagine that that would end up cheapening the price but not by much because you're still trading for somebody that could potentially be a franchise changing quarterback. Talking about the NFL draft, you know, they're, one of the big questions with the Sean Watson move is it might create even more holes than we already have. I looked at the mock draft that you guys at the Saints Wire put together. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State in the first round, I'm a fan mm-hmm. of that. Here's, here's, the question, here's the questionable pick that you made that I, that I want to ask you about. Matt Corral, 
in the second round. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, yeah. I think that that was one. There was obviously this was before the Deshaun Watson trade talks had begun, and so I think that this was a move to where in the second round, if you can get one of the few quarterbacks that probably warrants or would be warranting uh, a first round selection, that it's it's an opportunity there to grab a quarterback that you can try out. And so in our sort of um, scheme in terms of what we set up in terms of pre-free agency, this was without the New Orleans Saints having a quarterback on the roster. This was New Orleans Saints moving forward with Ian Book and Taysom Hill, which in that case would warrant you delivering or at least investing in some quarterback during that draft. It could have been Cole Kelly late in the draft, but rolling into the second round, not really having any of the top offensive tackle spots to dive into, not really having or having met the need for a wide receiver early on and getting a fifth-year option on that wide receiver, it made sense to take a look at the quarterbacks that were sitting there. And so the two quarterbacks that were sitting there in this scenario were Matt Corral as well as Sam Howell. And ultimately, in the Saints wire mock draft, we ended up going with Sam Howell for me, my argument was in favor of Matt Corral, but the reason that we went with Sam Howell is because he, it feels like he would have met Dennis Allen's prototype based upon Dennis Allen being a part of the team in Oakland that drafted Derek Carr. But now you kind of see that Dennis Allen is the one reportedly making a big push or helping to make a big push in favor of Deshaun Watson. So maybe the more mobile, athletic, playing out of structure type isn't necessarily so far out of Dennis Allen's uh, reach. And so if that's the case, and the New Orleans Saints don't really solve the quarterback position before the NFL draft, then Matt Corral could be a good fit in that book. One last question for you. Who's the Saints starting quarterback in 2022? I still imagine that the most likely scenario is Jameis Winston. I know everybody, everything is kind of centering around Deshaun Watson right now, but just in terms of what is inherently most achievable, when you don't have to leap a no-trade clause, when you don't have to leap the needs of another team, when you don't have to restructure a contract, when you don't have to do all of those things, and instead you have a pending free agent that you can bring back to your team that you're already familiar with, that succeeded in your system that you're mostly going to maintain going into 2022. There are just less hurdles, less hoops to jump through in a situation like returning Jameis Winston. So that would be one, aside from all of the other complicated moral questions, that Jameis Winston would be the one that would make the most interest in terms of process and logistics. Ross Jackson has been our guest. Ross, great work as always, my man. Tell everybody where they can find that work. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, absolute pleasure to be here with you, man. Appreciate you having me on. Congrats on the gig. Glad to be a part of your uh, part of your week here. Uh, if you're looking for any other Saints content, you can always find Locked On Saints wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. And for additional uh, pieces along that, including the writing over on Saints Wire, you can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola and O L A. It's easy to keep up with everything. Fantastic, Ross. Appreciate you, my man, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. Absolutely, bud. Take care. And there he goes, Ross Jackson of the Locked On Saints and the USA Today Network. I'm going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to have a general segment, open phone lines. Going to talk some Cajuns, going to talk some Astros, so on and so forth. This is The Game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores. 
and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles as your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You, yes, you can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, and Megan the Stallion, just to name a few. That's the Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to 22nd in Gold Short. Win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to the Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. About to wrap up this 4 o'clock hour and 5 o'clock hour. Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, will join us to talk some Cajuns baseball as they have a big weeknight game with McNeese tomorrow before going on the road with Troy to open Sunbelt play. Softball, however, has a huge doubleheader tomorrow at Lampson Park against Texas. First game at four, second game at 630. This team, we talked yesterday, you know, 15 and 5 on the young season. They are a very inexperienced, very young group. The expectations should be tempered a little bit. Pitching has been a, a little bit of a, you know, rocky situation. Kendra Lamb went into the season year ace, and she's appeared to be that way starting eight of the 20 games so far this year. Sam Landry, the freshman, the number four recruit in America from a year ago. She has started six, but she's been out with an injury here lately. Megan Shorman, the Kentucky transfer, she has started five games as well. Team ERA sitting at about 2.41 on the season. 170 strikeouts on the year, and they're holding opponents to a 197 batting average. Yesterday at the weekly press conference, Jerry Glasgow was asked, Who's going to start at pitcher this week? Kendra Lamb start a game, and I think you'll see Shorman start a game, and I think you'll see Carly Heath and come in in relief if we need her to. Uh, Vanessa Foreman will obviously be involved in the game. Vanessa Foreman, the leading ERA pitcher, 1.50 in nine and a third innings. This is a Texas club that is ranked number 25 in the nation. According to Coach Glasgow, they do a lot of things well. Here's what he had to say. They're talented. They're extremely talented. They come into the preseason as a top 10 team in most, uh, almost every poll, and they've struggled out of the gate. They've, they've struggled. I think they've had injuries, and I think they've had, you know, I think the midseason transfers, I think that they would say, I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure they would say that maybe affected chemistry a little bit. But whatever reason, they've not got out of the gate the way they want to get out of the gate. But, you know, Whitey's a, one of the top coaches in the country, one of the most competitive people that you'll ever meet. And he's, every year he gets his team ready. And they're, they're going to they're gonna come to the front here as they go through the second half season. There's no doubt in my mind they're going to be – a top 25 team shortly. So any win we can get over them is huge for us. It's a major game for us. And and we'll, you know, our games are important to them as well. So I think you're going to see two really good hard-fought games. Yeah, you know, 25, 25th in the country, I think the Cajuns are, are still hanging around in the top 25, if not just right outside of it. This is going to be a, a dogfight for, for two very good 
softball teams. Can the Cajuns, though, use their bats, stay behind their bats with, you know, Taylor Roman, Maddie Hayden, uh, Stormy Kotzel, Nick Laney Crater? Can their bats carry them across the finish line to get that big Power Five win that Coach Glasgow thinks that they're still missing? Uh, that that's been that's kind of been their storyline this year. They're still missing that significant Power Five win. But if you ask Coach Glasgow, one player that's going to help him get there is Taylor Roman. I was really proud of Taylor the way she responded, and you know we've been playing. I, I'm was trying to find that rotation, and trying to find what the nine athletes that fit together to give us the best team, and you know I've. I've we're playing people, and it's, that can be a little bit confusing to some of the kids if they look at it from a personal standpoint. And that's why I'm trying to tell them, and it's not personal, it's about the team and trying to give everybody the opportunity. We want everybody to know at the end of the year they got a good look. You know, we, we had people in the lineup the last couple of days that just giving them an opportunity to help us see how they responded. And Taylor was outstanding. I, I thrilled. She started the season really well, and then there was some – Games in there where I know she can play better, but then she was fantastic this weekend. And and it wasn't just the home run and a triple. It was the diving for the ball in foul territory, the enthusiasm that she showed. You know, when her and Piscos went after a foul ball up against the net, the, the interaction with her and her teammates, I thought it was really good and really good vibes I got from it. So I don't think – I don't. Tate's got a lot of talent. I don't think it's a matter of turning the corner. I think it's just a matter of – her playing at the highest level she can play at when she does that special. Like I said, Louisiana softball hosts a doubleheader of number 25 Texas at Lampson Park tomorrow, 4 p.m. for the first game, 6.30 for the second game before going to Statesboro, Georgia this weekend to play Georgia Southern in Sunbelt Conference play. Before we end our number one, Astros news not not a whole lot to talk about as spring training is just getting underway. However, free agency is opening this week. It appears that Carlos Correa could be close to returning to the Astros. You know, recently that seemed like a far-fetched conclusion that, that the Astros were going to miss out on Correa. But I think the lockout being 99 days has kind of made some players like Correa maybe rush into a decision. They they need a contract in, in order to play. So another intriguing concept to look out for over the next couple of days as, as spring training winds down because we're only about three weeks away from the start of the MLB season. That's going to do it for hour number one of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Hour number two going to be jam-packed. Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, joins us. And Mesh and I are making our own NCAA tournament bracket. Don't go anywhere. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. Earlier we were talking about our poll question, do the Saints want to trade for Deshaun Watson? 
And if yes, what would your trade offer be? As it stands right now, 95 votes are in. 67% say yes. 32% say no. James, if you were Mickey Loomis, what is your trade offer for Deshaun Watson? Well, I believe they're only using the Falcons and Browns. I don't think they're legitimate enough to actually go ahead and make the trade, but I believe they're Deshaun is meeting with them so that the Texans can get more for him. So right. the price tag will be a little higher. For me, three first-rounders, that's no problem. I ain't worried about it. I would say a, either two seconds or a second and a third, and then at least two starting caliber players or players that are worthy enough to be traded but are also tradable based on their contract. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the way, phone lines are open, 706-0111. That, that's the thing that's going to get interesting is all the dead cap that comes with some of these players getting thrown around. Uh, you're going to want to look to a guy that's on a rookie deal. You know, a, a Davenport. A, you know, Darren Francis mentioned Zach Bond or Pete Warner. I don't really agree with either one of those moves, but that's a guy you could look at. Andrus Pete, I don't see him being involved in any deal because his dead cap number is is far too high. James, what is it? I'll I'll tell you, like looking at the cap because I have I have the dead cap in order from highest to lowest. People are wanting to trade Taysom. Look, you can restructure it, but that'll probably just make it even worse. What's his dead cap? Because his debt cap is nineteen million. Ooh. You look. You're asking about Marcus Davenport. They just restructured him today. His yep. base salary is one million, but his dead cap's ten. So that's not optimal either. You want to trade maybe Peyton Turner? Well, right now he played on his rookie year. So you need if you're going to trade somebody that's a rookie, it needs to be on the second half of those first four years of that contract. Yeah, he would be on year two right now. So that would be another ten million right there. You want to try and trade Cesar Ruiz? That's seven and a half. And you're only I mean, getting back. You're only getting back 1.7. So it's not as bad as some of the others, but that's still not optimal. Considering you're like right there on the line, of we're still trying to fully figure out because I'm seeing one website say we're about the Saints are negative three or so, and but we also have Ross, so it's conflicting. I don't exactly know. I know it's near the end, but it's it's not super comfortable right now. Right. You want to trade maybe Pete Werner. You're only getting. You're not even going to get a full million back, and it's going to be two million. And I, I liked Pete a lot. I'd rather trade Zach Bond, who you are going to get a million, and his dead cap's only five hundred k. That's fine by me because you're not. You don't see him on the field anyway. The only time you see him is on special teams. Yeah, and and you know, with a with a Zach Bond move, you still come out five hundred thousand dollars ahead. Eric McCoy, where is he? See, I, that's who I think is the most likely. It makes sense because he's on his third year. It makes sense because it's two point eight, and you're only and his dead cap is only six hundred k. Right. That's like that's totally fine. Bradley Roby, if you if for some reason the Texans were to take that and be like, oh, we'll take our cornerback. That's fine. I mean, if they are to do that, cool. Let's do it because nine point five you get back, and the dead cap is only less than seven hundred k. Right. That's totally fine. Yeah. But Davenport. That's not optimal because you just did it. Not anymore. You can't you can't trade Pete because that's a dead cap of over twenty five million. 
that's just setting yourself back even more. And if you are to get Deshaun, you're going to have to finagle with that as well, concerning his base salary is over $30 million. Yeah. Like, this is a lot of numbers I'm throwing out there while you're probably driving home. But it's not it's not totally adding up if you want to throw somebody like Andrews Pete or Alvin Kamara because they're dead cap. It's way too high. Marshawn Lattimore, the dead cap's 40. The Ryan Ramchek is 37. Michael Thomas, 37. Cam Jordan, 34. Andrews Pete, about 25. Kamara, 20 himself. Like, you, you just can't trade these players because it's just going to set you too far back. You have to trade a couple of players that, and I'm going to say this right now, I don't want to lose him, but the most optimal when it comes of money-wise, other than Bradley Roby, obviously, would be CJ Gardner-Johnson because Ugh. it's pretty much $3 million No. And the, where is he exactly? Yeah, it's two and a half, and it's two hundred k in dead cap. I mean, I get it. That's what I'm but, saying. Is I I get it, but if if you're looking at a really star caliber, I don't think they would do this. But Malcolm Jenkins, you'll get about seven back, and the dead cap is less than eight. So you'd still nag on that, but it's a lot easier to work with, and it's a starting caliber safety. Even though the Texans did just sign a safety and they just signed a corner, so I don't know how that would work exactly. So I would probably say, if I'm if I'm the Saints. Three first-rounders, I'll give you two seconds. I'll give you a starting Pro Bowl caliber center in Eric McCoy, and I'll give you Zach Bond. And I'll even toss in Bradley Roby if if it sweetens it up for you, if we can get like a fourth-round back. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw I saw a trade offer yesterday that the Texans would send us Brandon Cooks back. I would be 100% for that. What do you think about Michael Thomas being very cryptic like he always is and tweeting out smoke and mirrors. I have I have no idea how to decipher Michael Thomas at this point. I've been trying to since I've been on Twitter and actually started focusing on that and seeing Michael Thomas post these tweets. I have no idea what to do with this because most of the time it, it doesn't even mean anything. Like he's sometimes just posting song lyrics that he's listening to from a song just recently and it really doesn't mean anything what's going on personally in his life or with the Saints. It's just him tweeting something. But then sometimes it actually does mean something. So it's so difficult to figure out where the where he's going with this. But I'm also looking at the dead cap for Brandon Cooks. His base salary is 12. He his cap hit for the Texans right now is 16. If they were to get rid of him, it'd be seven and a half. So that's not the worst. They would overall get five million back, which they're not they're not quote unquote in cap hell or in the negatives like the Saints. So that's not the worst move. But I feel like if they want to kind of reset, they're already probably going to lose Will Fuller anyway. So I think they'd want to try and keep Brandon Cooks unless they're just trying to hit a hard, hard reset, which I wouldn't totally blame them. Yeah. Uh, now that Marcus Williams is, is going to Baltimore, who do you see as the most likely replacement? Well, you got to you got to resign PJ Williams. You have to get him back. And now that Marcus is gone, and we're seeing safeties left and right gone, boom, signed here, signed here, everywhere. It, it is going to drive up the price a little bit for PJ. He's going to yeah. get that kind of leverage. Marcus Marcus kind of reset the market. He did. I mean, $14 million a year, that's that's a hefty number. for You haven't seen a contract like that since Harrison Smith signed for sixteen. 
Yeah, he and and he had just got that last year, I believe. So yeah, th- this is going to help PJ Williams. But the thing is, let's say this doesn't all fall out because I would I personally would like to get Deshaun because even though I like Jameis, I gave him the nickname, the LASIK laser, even though I was all for him and I'd still like him back. If you can get Deshaun Watson, oh yeah. You go and get him. I don't I'm not worried about these cases. I'm not worried about it. I get it. 22 is a large number, but it kind of over time it was like it was a one or two to begin with and then over time it built more and more. So, I don't want to call these women out for saying and me saying that it's just cap and they're just trying to get money out of it, but it it doesn't feel like it's as bad as we initially thought it would be. And I'm not super worried about it. It's already the him facing jail time. That's already pretty much out the question. They didn't even indict him for a court case. So to me, that's a good sign. Not to mention Deshaun from the jump. He didn't seem super private with it. And he was like totally open to talking about this because it was like he wasn't super worried. So right. in my eyes, I'm not super worried about it either. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. If you can put a trade package together and put Deshaun Watson in New Orleans, that's the move that you have to do. It's a, it's a do now, apologize later. Exactly. Philosophy. And, and the too rich for my blood kind of thing to me doesn't make sense almost because I get it. You look at it at face value. You see, oh, three first round picks. You see, like James, you're also willing to get rid of like two seconds. That's a lot, but when you look at it, if he's gonna be your next, if he's gonna be your quarterback for the next ten plus years, you can figure out all that other stuff. And I would much rather give up draft capital over proven talent. I would give up all the draft capital I can yep. for proven talent. Yep. If they want all of the Saints draft picks, I'll give it to you. You can you can take. Like all, all of this year's picks, and we'll still get, and I'll still give you a second rounder and even a third. Who cares? If I get Deshaun, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, no, no question about it. Because it, it's going to be big right now. But if you go down the line, let's say Carolina gets this. Let's say Carolina gets Deshaun Watson, and they're the one making runs to the playoffs, deep runs, and making it to the Super Bowl, making Super Bowl runs, and potentially winning championships. You're going to look at yourself 10 years down the line, you're going to be like, wow, that could have been us. And we just didn't and we just didn't make the best offer. Right. And they're the ones and, dominating our division now. And, and, yeah, I was about to say, the last thing I'll want is him going to Carolina and us having to play him twice a year. Exactly. Because ain't no way he's going to Atlanta. No. Because you're not going to have Atlanta, Matt Ryan and Deshaun. Right. Atlanta can't absorb both contracts. So... You would have to get rid of Matt Ryan at that point if you're going to trade for Deshaun. And his dead cap is, wait for it, $55 million. 55. You can't do that. God. I could I could somewhat understand the Browns, but they're yep. already kind of moving on from a bunch of other people anyway. They're kind of retooling, I guess you could say, since they did get Amari Cooper. But they did initially say they are going to stick with Baker this year. Obviously, they could get Deshaun. Yeah, they're going to go get him. But I believe the most optimal is would be the Panthers, the second would be the Saints, and then it would be the Browns. Yeah. But if I'm the Saints, I don't care. 
Gail Benson already signed off. She she doesn't care. She wants Deshaun. She she is totally fine with Deshaun being in the Saints building and being the Saints quarterback. Yep. No no question about so, it. So I, I don't I don't get what all the fuss is about in my eyes. I get the concern, but remember, it's innocent until proven guilty. We'll see, because he's supposedly going to be making his announcement very shortly. Timeout number one of the second hour. When we come back, the longtime voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker, joins us to talk some baseball, and we'll do a quick men's basketball recap. After that, phone lines wide open for the rest of the show. This is Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. This is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 15, 2018. New Orleans Saints owner Tom Benson passes away at the age of 90. The New Orleans native and dynamic business leader helped mold the team into a model franchise and one respected league-wide. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Make sure to tune in all week as RP3 and Company and Footnotes will be broadcasting live from La Triomphe Golf and Country Club for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open. Our live and local coverage is presented by Tips Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, Cigar Merchant, and the Golf Connection USA. And it can be heard right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We're back here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Let's talk some Cajuns as... Matt Deggs and his Raging Cajuns baseball team have a matchup with McNeese tomorrow, and then they open Sunbelt play with Troy over the weekend. A busy man takes time to to join us, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, the Jay Bird, Jay Walker. Jay, good afternoon, man. How are you? I am so excited that I get to talk to you because you've got like this this new gig, and um, I'm I'm like your second or third guest, so I'm good. Hey, I, I I couldn't have my first week in radio and, and not bring on Jay Walker. I uh, well, you know, I'm I'm just I'm I'm just happy you said yes. Jay, I really appreciate you taking the time. Let's dive into it. Jeff Wilson was named Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week today. After a complete game, 10 strikeout performance over Houston on Sunday, has Wilson solidified a position in the weekend rotation for Matt Dex? Well, yeah, I think he has. And um, I don't think you should suggest that he's going to go out and pitch a complete game four hitter with 10 strikeouts every time he goes out. But he has shown that he, look, let's go to what the Cajuns need. On Sunday, you need a and, and I apologize for the, uh, for the motorcycle, but I think Jeff Wilson on Sunday gives the Cajuns what they need because he's going to throw strikes. He's going to be... Um, a mature senior that's going to know how to pitch. 
you don't have to have a guy like Jeff Wilson on Friday. But if you have him on Sunday, he's a weapon. Yeah, no, no question about it. And it seems that Matt Deggs is going to go with Tommy Ray again on Friday after being knocked around by Houston a little bit Friday night. What kind of what kind of confidence level do you think that shows in a guy like Tommy Ray to to have a bounce back performance this weekend? Look, let me tell you something. As good as Gunnar Leger was, he had a couple of nights where he wasn't great. Um, I think Tommy Ray is the number one guy. He uh, he had a, a bad inning or two where, where he missed location within the strike zone, and when you have a team that hits because Houston can, eh, it, it makes for a bad night. But, uh, no, I think Tommy Ray is his Friday night guy, and until he proves otherwise, he's his Friday night guy. Let's go to the offense now. Let's talk, let's talk, let's talk Carson Rockefort. He's kind of been the, the catalyst for this offense so far. 392 on the season, 20 base hits, two doubles, a triple, three homers, and 21 RBIs. Has a slugging percentage of 647. You know, Carson was, was a great hitter for Matt Deggs last season, but so far early on, Jay, it seems like he's taken another level. What have you seen out of Carson? Well, I think he's been really good. When you look at what the Cajuns did last year, they didn't get to anybody with 30 runs batted in until Ben Fitzgerald's grand slam against Appalachian State in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Um, Rocco is like one RBI away from what he did last year. He's, he leads the Sunbelt and runs batted in. And, you know, I, I think he's taken a step forward. I think he's like the guy for the Cajuns, although they have, they have a chance to have a lot of guys, but he's the guy. And he's got a chance to be a 50-RBI guy this year. Yeah, he's, he's definitely been impressive. Another guy that, that I find has been impressive is, is Kyle DeBarge. Uh, you know, there was a lot of hype around Kyle in, in the offseason season from from national pundits that he was you know one of the best freshmen to to walk into this campus so far hitting 281 on the year but in my opinion Jay and you you might disagree with me his advantage has definitely been his defense I do, I do not disagree with you um he's a very good defensive shortstop he's also a guy that as the season progresses he's only going to get better Matt I mean this is a guy who the second half of the season could be a 320 hitter. And you, you do that along with what he's done defensively. You know, he's got the potential to be a star in this league. Yeah, there, there's, you know, he, he gets the, the comps to, to Blake Trahan because, you know, they're both from Kinder. I, I see a lot of that. I, I see a, a consistent hitter and just a outstanding defensive shortstop so I definitely agree with with that comparison Matt Deggs yesterday talked about the injury front for this team uh Trey LaFleur is, is close to returning Max Marshock was was the big news uh he's close to returning he could actually play this weekend against Troy if Marshock does return to the lineup this weekend 
How, how do you think the lineup kind of switches around? Well, I'll be surprised if Marshak returns this weekend. I know he wants to play. Um, he's been doing everything he needs to do from a rehab standpoint. But, man, that oblique injury, that's tough. And if he's able to go, terrific. I think a week or two down the road, when he comes back, here's what it does. You put Marshock in center field. That enables Rockefort to go to first base and Robertson to go to third. Now, the only question you have as far as your offense is concerned is second base. Um, and if, and if Lede hits, he's the guy. And if he doesn't, then Rinconis is the guy. But you've got eight out of your nine slots figured out. So, you know, I don't know when Marshak is coming back. I just know that when he does, it's going to make this team so much better. Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Jay, talk to me about McNeese. You know, big matchup in Lake Charles tomorrow night. What does McNeese do well that could cause some problems for the Cajuns? McNeese does a lot of things well. Here's, here's the issue with McNeese. First of all, when they play the Cajuns, it's going to be a big deal. But besides that, when McNeese plays, the, the schedule they play non-conference means they're going to be, when you start looking at quad one, two, three, four, they're a quad four team that really has quad two talent. So you've got to go out and play really well against McNeese because their talent is good enough. Um, Justin Hill is a very good coach, and you're on the road. And last year, the Cajuns went out and Austin Perrin threw five shutout innings and then they brought a guy in, and, and before you knew it, McNeese had the lead. Um, McNeese is a team that you better play well against because they're going to play well against occasions. One last question for you, Jay Bird, and it is a men's basketball question. Do you see Bob Marlin returning as the head coach next year? That is not... Uh, that's way above my, my pay grade, Matt. Um, but, um, Brian Maggard and Dr. Savoie are going to make that decision. I know that Bob Marlin has a year left on his contract. I don't know if that means anything one way or the other. Um, when, when Dr. Look, I want to make something very clear to everybody who's listening. I support our coaches. I, I supported, as tough as it was, I supported Jerry Baldwin when he was the Cajuns football coach. Um, so I'm going to support our coaches, and, and there's um, never going to be a question as to whether I do or not. So I'm not going to get into should they or shouldn't they. I just know this. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say that this this week, Dr. Maggard 
and Bob Marler are going to meet if they haven't already. And Monday would have been the first day that they could have because um, Coach Marlin, of course, his mother passed away. They later went to rest on Thursday. And I know he got back into Lafayette late Saturday night. So I don't know, man. You know, um, they're going to make that decision. I'm not going to be a part of that decision. I'm going to support whatever decision gets made. Now, if you're asking me today, what do I think? I think he'll be back next year. But that's just me. The legendary Jay Walker. Did you just call me legendary? Come on, Miguez. You are legendary, Jay. You've been the voice of the Cajuns for 30 years now. Yeah, and that's longer than you've been alive. Absolutely. But, but, But look, let me tell you something. You've got this gig now, and I'm proud that you have this gig now. And you're going to um, have an opportunity to do great things with it. I know your passion, and the reason I agreed to come on today is because I believe that you've got what it takes to do really well in this particular um, venture. So good luck to you. And um, I'll come on your show anytime. I appreciate that, Jay. I really do. I appreciate you, dude. You're passionate. I like that. God, I love this guy. Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. Jay, go have fun on the road this week, and uh, we'll talk down the line, man. Uh, I'm going to Troy. You really think I'm going to have fun? Come on, dude. Seriously? Of course you will. It's Cajuns baseball. You'll have a great time. It's Troy. But it's all right. Jay Walker. God, what a man. We're going to take a time out here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. When we come back, the segment that Mesh has been looking forward to all afternoon. Let's put a tournament bracket together. Phone lines are open 706-0111 on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You gotta be careful out there, and you gotta protect yourself against upsets this March Madness with Bracket Parlay shirts on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, all customers can get up to $25 back each day if your parlay of three legs or more falls just one leg short. I'm all in on Loyola Chicago and Michigan to get past Ohio State and Colorado State in their first round matchups. But parlays are great because you can turn a small bet into a really big payday. And with cash out, the ball is in your court, so you can close out your bet whenever you like before the game ends. If you're new to FanDuel, just sign up with promo code KLWB, then you can bet the bracket all tournament long. That's promo code KLWB on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. If exactly one leg loses, refund issue is non drawable site credit that expires in seven days. The NCAA tournament bracket is wager only. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. Let's make a tournament bracket since we're since we're stylish, James. Yes, and these are going to be all correct, so you might as well just put everything on it. You're you're going to be like a kajillionaire at this point. Oof. Once once you get all of our picks and you mark them down, you just keep along with us and you got it. It's going to be easy one. What he said. We're going to start in the west quadrant of the bracket, the 116 matchup, the overall number one, Gonzaga and Georgia State. Gonzaga currently with a 92% chance of winning. So Georgia State has a chance, is what you're saying. Pretty much. It's slight, but it's still a chance. I'm rolling with I'm rolling with the Zags. Yeah, I'm going to have to stick with Gonzaga, even though we have seen Georgia State play since they have played our lovely Cajuns. Yeah, beat us three times this year. Uh, sad face. 8-9 matchup, Boise State-Memphis. Currently, Boise State's got a 56% chance. I don't know, man. I think I'm feeling Memphis. I'm going to stick with Boise on this one. I'm going to go with Boise. Since I, I do, I really, I know this is unrelated, but I'm, I'm going to go with it because I like their blue football field. Oh, the Smurf turf, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 5-12, Connecticut, New Mexico State. UConn with a 79% chance of victory over the Aggies. Yeah, give me UConn. Yeah, I'm going to have to stick with UConn on this one as well. I was feeling New Mexico for like a half second, but I'm, I'm going to go with UConn to at least make it past the first round. 413 in the West, Arkansas and Vermont. Arkansas, 73% chance of winning. Give me the Razorbacks on this one. SEC, yeah. I'm feeling SEC heavy with this tournament. Eric Musselman's a great coach. They beat LSU in the SEC tournament. I'll take I'll take the Hogs. So six eleven. This one's going to get interesting because the eleven seed has not been decided yet. So this is Alabama and the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame. And that won't even play till tomorrow, right? I'm going to go with Bama, even though Ray has talked about it before. They're so schizophrenic. One day they're really good, the other day they're. Not, I think they'll at least get this first matchup and then just maybe fall completely flat on their face their next matchup. So That's I'll take I'll take the tide with this one. Three fourteen Texas Tech Montana State, Texas Tech nearly a ninety percent chance of victory. Are you, are you rolling with the Red Raiders? Yeah, I, I might I might have to take Texas on this one. Uh, I, I have no I literally have no idea about Montana State. I completely forgot they even have to say college. As weird as that sounds. 7-10, Sparty, Michigan State, and Davidson. Davidson, the, the grounds of, of Stephen Curry. Yeah, and I don't want to count him out. I, I've heard some good things about him this year. Their record's looking really good, but I might have to stick with Sparty on this one. They're, they're usually a consistent school and usually make it at least somewhat far in the tournament. I'm rolling with Davidson. And the last matchup in the West, Duke and Cal State Fullerton. Duke a ninety five percent chance of victory. Yeah, Duke, yeah. Duke, Duke feels really. I Coach, feel good about that one. Coach K Swan Song, give me the Blue Devils. I, I think they'll be a, just a little upset that uh the home game, the final home game was uh spoiled. I don't. I don't oh, think yeah. they'll allow themselves to have Fullerton take them out. Let's go to the East. One sixteen Baylor Norfolk State. Baylor the defending national champion 
92% chance of victory. Yeah, ba- Baylor, Baylor's pretty good. I'm I'm going to have to stick with this one. I'm I'm sorry Norfolk, but I can't pick you. 8-9 North Carolina Marquette. North Carolina 70% chance of victory as the 8 seed. Yeah, uh give give me the Tar Heels. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Marquette. Ooh. I'm going to go I know I haven't been picking too many he's, upsets. He's and, picking upsets. Yeah, I know it's crazy. As as if the West wasn't all the main people. The five twelve St. Mary's, the Gales, and the play in winner between Wyoming and who does Wyoming play? Indiana. Indiana. Thank you. I'm gonna say St. Mary's. I mean. 25 and 7 out of the West Coast Conference. They gave Gonzaga a run for the money multiple times this season. Give me the Gales. This one might sound a little wild, but I'm going to go on a limb. And I'm going to say Indiana wins the matchup tonight, and then they beat St. Mary's in the first round. Indiana Indiana ripped the Cajuns limb from limb earlier this year. They did. It it was not a pretty sight. 413 UCLA out of the Pac 12 and the Akron Zips. I definitely got to take UCLA in this one. They're. They're consistently good. They're, they're every a basketball year. school. They are. They definitely are. They're a basketball are. school. 6'11, Texas, and Chris Beard going against the 11 seed Virginia Tech Hokies, the winners of the ACC. Texas, a 60% chance of victory. I'm going to take the Hokies. They've got some momentum right now. I'm actually feeling Virginia Tech myself. Yeah. Uh, got, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that in the upset. 314, Purdue and Yale. Purdue has a ninety three percent chance of winning, but don't don't count out the 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 scholar boys over at Yale. They're gonna calculate how to get the ball into the hoop. Hey, do what you gotta do, man. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. But yeah. I am gonna do what I gotta do and just take Purdue. Yeah, that's probably a smart bet. Seven uh, ten Murray State and San Francisco. Murray State thirty and two on the year. They have a seventy one percent chance of beating the Dons. Yeah, give me Murray State. Yeah, Murray State is thirty and two on the season. It, uh, I think, I think that's a sign that I need to uh, circle them as my pick. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. And the last pick that we are going to make today, Kentucky and Saint Peter's, the two fifteen matchup. Kentucky's got an eighty eight percent chance of victory. And I'm gonna take that victory. I'm 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 gonna have to go with those Kentucky Wildcats. Easy, easy dubs. Yeah, absolutely. Kentucky, no no question about it. Notable matchups in the South region: Illinois and Chattanooga, Houston and UAB, Villanova, Delaware, and then Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago. James, do you have the Ramblers? Beating Ohio State? I do. How confident are you in that? In Loyola, Chicago? Yeah. Oh, I praise Jesus. I got them all the way. Sister Jean going to take them to the promised land? Oh, yes. Land? Oh, she's, she's still got plenty of juice in her. She's got that. I don't know, man. They're, they're good, but Chris Holtman has Ohio State clicking right now. And Ohio State also has a former Cajun in Cedric Russell. That's fine. That's just one individual player. We're, we're talking about a team game, and I believe in this team of Loyola Chicago. 
Oh. We got time to, to run through one more quadrant of the bracket? Yeah, it'll make the last segment super short, but... Yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. Arizona and the winner of Wright State and Bryant. I told you before, I'd never heard of other those either of those two teams, so I'm just going to take Arizona. Arizona, no question about it. 8-9, Seton Hall, TCU. Seton Hall, 60% chance of winning. Let's go... Uh, my, my first initial thought was TCU, so I'm not going to back away from that. Fair enough. Houston and UAB, the 5-12 matchup. Houston, 29-5. They have an 83% chance of winning. I love me some dragons, but you can't go against those Cougars, let me tell you. Yeah, Houston's Houston's on a roll right now. 4-13, the Fighting Illini and the Mocks of Chattanooga. I'm uh, gonna go. I'm gonna go Chattanooga because I, I love the name. Same and the way that they won their conference title on that half court heave, man. They've got all the momentum in the world. Six uh, eleven, Colorado State and Michigan. Michigan struggling. Um, Juwan Howard recently coming off of his suspension. Colorado State's got a sixty percent chance of winning. I'm gonna take Chicago. I'm not Chicago. Michigan. I'm gonna take Michigan in this one. That's fair. I'll, I'll do the same. 314, Tennessee and Longwood. Tennessee dominating through the SEC tournament. They seem to be one of the favorites to to make it to New Orleans. Uh, 91% chance of winning in round one. Yeah, I'm really feeling these Tennessee volunteers. In the 215 matchup, Villanova and Delaware. 26-7 and seven for the Wildcats. They have a 91% chance of winning this game. Do you see the Blue Hens taking over? I feel like somebody's got to take out one of these first four seeds and, and just totally shock them. So I'm I'm going to go Delaware. Ooh, I'm going Villanova. <laughs> that, just, that just seems too easy. We're going to take our last time out here. We'll finish the bracket maybe tomorrow. We'll take one last time out. When we come back, we'll wrap it up and get you set up for LSU baseball right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. This is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad. You want to have a catch? All of them had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw in his own kid in a father's son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our Wars Club, you will have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You heard the man. Take your lady out. One last segment here on Crunch Time. Final results of the poll question. Do you want the Saints to trade for Deshaun Watson? And if yes, what did your trade offer? 69% of you say yes, 31% say no. A recent trade offer that we have received is three first, two second, Taysom Hill, Andrews Pete, Marcus Davenport. Yes, on paper, that is a beautiful way to clear up some cap and get rid of some less than excellent players. However, the dead cap that we would ensue is over 50 
That's over fifty million. Wow. And then you still yep. got you still got Deshaun, who's got over thirty million base salary. You would rework that, nope. but you can't change once you made the trade the fifty million. That that's just gonna hit you and that's gonna put you all the way back, back all the way back to pretty much where you started. You're on the right track, but not we we can't take on that much dead cap. There's just there's just no way we're gonna be able to do that. LSU baseball tonight. My apologies, this entire show I've been saying that they were playing in Uptown New Orleans. It is actually at Alex Box. Uh, so six thirty first pitch, six o'clock pregame. We'll send you there in about five minutes, James. If you had to say right now your odds-on favorite to be the Saints quarterback, who is it? I would say Jameis. I would, like I said, I would love to see Deshaun be here because that's franchise-altering, and the Panthers wouldn't be able to get him. But I, I still believe when I initially thought about this before they even made the changes and like said, "Hey, by the way, Deshaun, he's all good with jail time. Like you don't have to worry about that. So let's open some trade talks." I was initially thinking with my quarterback carousel, Deshaun would work out really well in Carolina. So my initial thought before all this happened was he would be a Panther. And I that's my initial go-to with that. So I'll, I'll still stick with Jameis. Hot take here maybe, but he's going to be the Saints quarterback in, in 2022. Wouldn't Ask, be mad at it. Wouldn't be mad at that at all. I, I, think, that's, I think that's what it's going to be, uh, hopefully. We'll find out tomorrow. Wednesday through Friday, I will be live at La Triomphe for the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open presented by Mistras. We'll have a we'll have some fun. Thursday, I'll bring an Iowa State guest on to preview the Tigers basketball matchup in the NCAA tournament. Thanks to Ross Jackson and Jay Walker for joining me today. LSU baseball is next. Be safe. Be well. Hug your mom and them. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.